Hi, welcome back to another episode of Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his super cool artistic friends. Today, my guest is my good old friend, Max Paularena, who's a dear friend of mine, painter, cactus grower, shamanic practitioner, Campbell facilitator, etc. A really kind soul with beautiful perspectives. And uh, yeah, I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Good old friend Max Paula Arena, man. <laughs> Excellent this morning. Yeah, excited. Thank you for having me over your home. Thanks for letting me crash. Hey, anytime. And your guest room. I'm staying here in Denver. <laughs> My first question is, what the fuck's up with all those moths in your garage, man? <laughs> it's like some black magic brujería or something. I call it the moth palace. It's okay. Where I, where I raise my babies and I let them out at night and swarm the city. That's like some evil army you're raising there, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's some like spooky shit. Yeah, it's, it's going, it's going well. All right. Well, <laughs> please don't kill me with them. All right. Not I'm, you, I'm a good person. I'll never. So, Max, uh, please tell us where you're from originally. I was born in Ciudad de Mexico, in Mexico City. Lefe. I'm Chilango. Oh shit! I was actually born in El Estado de Mexico, like the state of Mexico, but nobody knows what that is. Okay. In Tultitlan. And my family moved from there when I was six. So you're from Tultitlan? Tultitlan, Estado you ever go out to say, hey, Max, where are you from? I'm from Tultitlan. <laughs> my uncle Sounds badass. Yeah, I mean, it's more native, right? <laughs> right, right. Super shamanic. Um, and then they moved when I was six to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Uh-huh. Paradise City. Uh, Ooh, nice Guns N' Roses. Yeah. <laughs> the grass is not green, though. No. The grass is brown. Uh-huh. But, um... Yeah, I lived there until I was 18. Okay. Uh, yeah, until I got, got out of high school and I left because I was angry. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're like, fuck Mexico. I'm going to the United States of America to follow the American dream. Yeah. Really? Yeah, heavy metal. Well, I actually went to school for jazz, but yeah, I wanted to be a musician. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. About school? Um, well, I moved to California first, spent six months there with my family. Well, I applied to college, and then I moved to New Mexico, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, cool. And I went to an art school that shut down during my third year. Oh, no. Yeah. So was I, it that bad of a school? It was a great school, but it was uh, this parent company like bought the school, and they are famous for scamming students. And they just shut down schools and pulled out a bunch of students in the last year so they can make a bunch of money. That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. They've done it with other schools internationally, but what's the name of that parent company so we don't go to their schools? And I can say it now because the lawsuit is over. Okay. Yeah. What you couldn't even say it publicly? That yeah, screwed you over, a, and they, they would what sue you or something? We had a, a 
a lawsuit against them. Mm. And so it was part of the contract. Okay, so you were part of the lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. Did you win? Yeah, we win. Did you get some money, some money out of it? Mm -hmm. No way. Yeah, yeah. How much? Uh, you don't I don't know if I can say, say that actually. Oh, yeah. Then you'll get sued. Yeah. Oh, was it good? It was good. It was good. It made me, got me started in Denver. Okay, great. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. I, I never knew about these things. <laughs> but, but I went to school for music and to learn jazz. To learn jazz. What instruments? Uh, guitar, but I also learned upright bass in school, and I've played drums for all my life, and now uh -huh. I know a little bit of piano. Uh huh. But yeah. Yeah, but music was never like a thing that you super pursued or is it just something you do on the side as a hobby now? I love it, but it was honestly heartbreaking when my school closed and it was, you know, you get down and I left it for a little bit and kind of like visual art brought me back up. Mm -hmm. So I've been pursuing that and um, I got back into music recently and I, I like it, but I don't think you can make much money as a live artist with music. So yeah, musician is a tough career. Either mm -hmm. you're like a, some superstar, or if you're just or you hustle like, it every day and right. make twenty bucks. You know, <laughs> you can stand right next to the subway and like you know ask for pennies if mm -hmm. you want. Uh, you know, there's different paths perhaps. Let's not discourage <laughs> our, our musician friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but good that you know what works for you or not. So you moved from Mexico to California, age eighteen, mm -hmm. by yourself. Yes. Okay. I was um, going through a hard time with my dad, so I kind of just saved some money over the summer playing music in a hotel. Uh huh. And I bought my ticket and I moved to California. How was it to be a Mexican in California? Do you feel at home since there's so <laughs> many Mexicans in California? Kinda, yeah. But it's also different culture. Like one of the best, bigger things is like I would say hi to all the girls like by kissing them on the cheek. Right. I used to do that too as a Peruvian. For like the first two months I was there uh -huh. until somebody told me like, hey dude, that's you creepy. can't be doing that. And I was like, oh, oops, I'm a, I'm a creep. <laughs> yeah, no, but like it, 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 in my college, I, I'd see a girl go up to and kiss him on the cheek and they'd be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, <laughs> some would be like, what the fuck is this guy invading my personal space? <laughs> Others is like, oh, that cute guy like kissed me so that they liked it. But I had to stop eventually because it's just too close for North Americans. That's American. weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like kissing a girl on Me the too. cheek. Even strangers, like yeah. or like old ladies, you know, there's such a nice thing about kissing on the cheek and they're like, oh. uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh it's there's more cariño. Yeah. Like a little cariño is a different kind of love. Also right? just like Yeah, like tender love. Yeah. But also just like saying hi to people and, and He'll be like, hey, how's it going? And I'll like start telling them how I'm doing, and they will just walk away because here's just like a catchphrase, you know, like, how you doing? How you doing? Uh -huh. They don't actually care. No. So that took me a while too to get into that. Well, well, it seems like uh, the country of the United States has an interesting relationship with uh, Mexicans in general because mm. a lot come here. So sometimes they even seem to like demonize it. I personally, as a Peruvian Canadian, love Mexicans, have been to Mexico six times <laughs> i find mexico like a lot chiller and friendlier in peru like peru or at least lima is way more aggressive mm -hmm. and violent survival uh yeah it's it's a lot more doggy dog style than when i go to mexico mexicans are more mellow and stuff so i'm always shocked when like americans are like mexicans are these crazy motherfuckers <laughs> like really <laughs> they seem sweethearts to me how like do you ever get any uh racism for being mexican here or is it chill like what's the experience yeah especially like living in the east coast i lived in maryland for six months that was the worst mm -hmm. i've lived like um worst of experience uh, towards my culture and stuff but 
for the most part, I mean, most people do like Mexico. Like they think like you, they have their questions, you know, like is Mexico like full of drug lords and stuff. But I feel like I'm pretty, pretty loved here as a Mexican. It is weird sometimes. Maybe sometimes I joke too much and my, you know how Mexicans. Yeah, humor cultural is like, mm-hmm. differences sometimes make you be misunderstood. We have black humor and mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, same here. Like, <laughs> I joke sometimes and people think I'm fucking with them, which I am to some degree, but in a friendly way. Exactly. Yeah, I've <laughs> and experienced that. That's my way of showing love, Even is to fuck with a person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, uh, I feel that. That's why we get along. You're right. We're always fucking with each other. Right, but in a super cariño, <laughs> yeah, yeah. open-hearted way, like, I would never want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. But then there's the Chris Dyer factor, where it's like, oh, Chris Dyer's teasing me. Like, what does that mean? Like, it's like... <laughs> Means like what it would mean like if any other fool was teasing you. Increased <laughs> <laughs> <Chris Dyer> factor. <laughs> so when did you move to Denver? How long have you been here? How you like it here? There's lots of Mexicans here too. There is. I Great like restaurants. Yes, good food. I moved to Denver. Whew, 2018, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I moved from Maryland. I was living there with my ex-partner. And we moved there after our college shut down, shut down, because their family lived there. So we moved up there for six months, and I hated it. And my friend Anthony, he shout out to Anthony, uh, he was playing drums with a band, and he was like, hey, "We need a guitarist." And I was still like trying to do the music thing, and I moved here just to play guitar with someone. <laughs> uh, and I played with some bands through the years, but that didn't work out. Um, I really like it here in some ways and i really don't like it in some other ways i don't like that i can smell the pollution in the air 24 7. i don't like how noisy it is but also there's a lot of opportunities with art and there's chill people and psychedelic culture is very prevalent here and yeah it's sunny for the most part except Mm -hmm. for the winter yeah it's a big city yeah like do you know how many millions no must be at least one or two yeah i think i heard one million recently i think kyle was telling us about this okay cool um, so you moved here to to play in your friend's band, mm-hmm. uh, but was uh, the fact that Denver is a big visionary art city influence on that, or being in a big art city kind of like helped you lean more into your uh, painting I career? I think it's the second one. I didn't know Denver was a big into visionary art mm-hmm. until I was here and I was doing it and I was like, Oh, like this person lives here. This person lives in Boulder. This person lives uh-huh. in Colorado Springs. There's like a bunch of little famous names that I discovered yeah. live here. So there's like so many visionary artists here. Mm-hmm. Is that like a helpful thing? Because there's like resources, perhaps uh, workshops and certainly shows and events and contacts and brands. Or is it like so abundant that it or or creates some kind of like oversaturation and competitiveness <laughs> and perhaps less opportunities i don't know you tell me yeah i think in the in the big events and all that it's very hard to get into because it's so packed with big names because everyone wants to get in mm-hmm. and and you got like the famous people that had have following for years i'm pretty new to this so but at the same time it's very encouraging and it motivates me and it keeps me sharp and you know i cannot uh, just lay lay down and be lazy for too long because I'll disappear from the scene and there's a lot of stuff happening all the time so mm-hmm. if if I want to I can get into stuff yeah, yeah. if you really want to go gung-ho you just mm-hmm. go to all the events meet all the artists yeah. take all the workshops yeah and they're all great people and I love having them around and they're inspiring uh-huh. you know, they're not 
Well, most of them. They're not very, I don't know, pretentious. Yeah. They're very kind and they're uh -huh. willing to teach and share their tricks and... Uh -huh. v yeah. Visionary art is generally uh, well-intentioned, mm -hmm. spiritual community that knows that helping others is a good thing. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that about Denver because like yeah. I got a different experience simply because once again, the Chris Dyer factor, I come <laughs> here as an established artist that, you know, perhaps even helped uh, build momentum to the scene yeah. and different people might've had different um, relationships in their own minds on who I am to them. And mm -hmm. th from that, they're either like super friendly, but perhaps in a, what can I get out of this relationship kind of way? Yeah. Or even unfriendly as in like, don't take a, a piece of my pie. <laughs> but when it comes to like younger uh, up and coming artists, I think it's like just natural. You don't feel intimidated to help a young artist like mm -hmm. get their momentum because yeah. it's not like it's gonna, you know, uh, interfere Front with what your you're doing. or anything, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool, I'm happy you're having a good experience here. Yeah. Uh, one of the good uh, advantages uh, of, of living here, at least to you, was uh, uh, linking up with Shrums Shroomsky Magazine. Yeah. You linked me up with them, <laughs> and I ended up doing their first uh, <laughs> magazine cover and a 18-page uh, article. Super cool. And now I'm in town to live paint for them at yeah. one of their brunches. So how do you meet Shroomsky Magazine? What are they about? What's your relationship with them? Okay, so you hosted a barbecue when you first came to Denver, maybe like six months into being in Denver. It okay. was your second barbecue. And we were all hanging out and drinking and eating, having a good time. And at the end, this guy, Anthony Salvia, approaches me and he's telling me about his company, 420 Inc. and he had a community called Psychedelico, Psychedelico Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, he approached me and he told me about his community. And at first, I didn't know what to make out of him. He, he's a very <laughs> down-to-earth dude that you wouldn't think he owns like four LLCs. Uh -huh. So I was like, I don't know who this guy is. But he hit me up again, maybe like a year later, six months later. And we met at Chiba Hut where I work. And we had a meeting and he wanted me to do a logo for his 420 company. And I, you know, I work with him and then he started giving me all these opportunities to live paint at his events. Then he brought up this uh, Shroomsky magazine that is all about psychedelic community in Colorado, including art, music, just the community in general, uh, research, people sharing their experiences. And he brought me in to do if I wanted to put my art in there. And he knew that I was like friends with you. So he was like, hey, let's get Christian to cover. And I hit you up. <laughs> yeah, I was grateful for that job and for that exposure. And I hope he does well with that magazine. So I was like, whoa, man, doing a magazine in this day and age is kind of ballsy. It is ballsy. Because of printing. But it's so different. Yeah. The magazine is. It's kind of like a mini book in a way. Yeah. I love magazines. Yeah. I grew up with magazines. Like magazine culture like taught me about so many different cultures Skating, around the world skateboarding reggae. and art and mm -hmm. uh the toys like i learned a lot from magazines before the internet mm -hmm. had web pages right. and social media now it seems like the internet has replaced a lot but mm -hmm. there's nothing like sitting down and reading an interview like on your couch yeah and, you know it's relaxing and being highlighted because anyway can make it on 
anything internet it's yeah. so easy to be like okay plop here's some pictures but on a mag there's actually an investment mm -hmm. and there's photography and there's a well done interview so it's, there's yeah. a different level of quality right. that people I gotta appreciate. trust you too and you know one junior magazine right you gotta have something to say of value yeah there's like an investment that goes into it so that every single thing is quality yeah and uh, yeah, and the magazine is really good. Like I really like the quality, the pictures. It's very visual, uh -huh. very sharp images. I don't know. Yeah, and those events are fun. At least the one I did, the Shrimsky yeah. brunch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is fun. It's a fun time. So what is it like? A like a gathering for people to get high on mushrooms? <laughs> well, this is the first Shrimsky brunch. Usually he has batch holder brunches, which is like everybody who works in the cannabis industry, because he's worked in the cannabis industry so far, has a batch. And he invites people in the industry to like meet and like talk mixer. to each other. Yeah, yeah, it's a mixer. And he's building community, and now he's incorporating the psychedelic culture into it too. Because mm -hmm. most people who are into cannabis will probably be into psychedelics or are into psychedelics. Right, because the mushrooms are being decriminalized. Yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, it was trippy to go to a place where people are just eating grams of mushroom chocolate <laughs> as if nothing. I was like, yeah, I was like, whoa, man. Like, it's like, you know, midday on a Saturday <laughs> with a bunch of people around. I'm not ready to get activated here. Um, both but because I get too sensitive and mm -hmm. I got a level of respect for these portals. Yes. <laughs> yes. But hey, to each their own. But it's part of like vibe in Denver now, I think. Like, you go to events and people are like, always on mushrooms <laughs> yeah do you find that denver has like a lot obviously there's a lot of drugs here of different kinds yes. what's your point of view on that like because there's just there's a lot i don't like personally all uh, lab made drugs uh-huh i like medicine and i i think like you is very intentional use i've disrespected before and i've paid for it Mm -hmm. So I keep it very intentional, very therapeutic or ceremonial. Um, I do like the mushroom vibe. It's been like one of my oldest allies, allies. So I love like going to a show and eating like half a gram of mushrooms. But I'm not like blasted of this realm. I'm just more connected and usually very laughy and, you know, physically I have a little rush and I don't do any other substances. So it helps. You're not disassociated. Yeah, exactly. Which I, seems to be the issue with a lot of people here. Yes, with a, like K and all other drugs that they do here in Denver. And, and you see it, you know, like you go to talk to some artists and, and in shows and they're not really there. And I don't like that so much. Um, I feel like at one point they stop sharing their medicine and they're just playing with the visuals and the lights. And it's a fun vibe, but it's not my vibe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Different, definitely <laughs> artists that are aligned with Coke and K are doing really well in this town. They are. <laughs> because there's so many Coke and K people in, in Denver, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But, you know, once again, to each their own. Like, I think both of those could be medicine done yes. with the right intention. Obviously, like, coca is a fucking Andean fucking shamanic medicine. And K in the right setting in the right amounts can Very really show you your soul mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know what's the intention brought to the table what's you know what's the set and setting of doing it are we just yeah. doing it to run on automatic to just you know repetition 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 you know mm -hmm. you're not getting anything out of it just right doing the same every day well we met around here do you remember yeah. when we met in boulder 
in 2019. Mm-hmm. You were doing your Galactic Dude show at Phil, Philip Lewis uh, Gallery. Yeah. Right? Uh, and now, I honestly, I'm super new to the art thing and the engineering and stuff. I was probably following you for like a year. Mm-hmm. But I knew you were really big and I, I felt a pie with you because I like to do cartoons. And the way I like shaded my stuff before I started painting was very similar to your shading. So when I found you on the internet, I was painting my, my first painting, which is that guy over there. Mm-hmm. Like my first painting that I was like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. And I was like, oh, this guy, like I need to change my style because this guy is literally like trying or not trying. I'm trying to do what this guy is already doing. Mm-hmm. So I changed a lot of my style and I heard you were coming to Boulder and my brother was in town and... I took my mom too, and we all went to see your show. Oh, your mom came to uh, yeah. the Galactic Dude uh, sculpture show? That's cool. Yeah, she's she's kind of shy, so she was in the back. But um, yeah, and the whole time we were there, I was like, oh my God, you had like these big dreads. I feel like you were like like pretty in your power. I was like, yeah, good day. <laughs> you know, that was like 2019. I was at the pinnacle of that stage of Chris. Yeah. Uh, dreadlock. Big version of Chris. Yeah, you look Chris. like a wizard, like a crazy uh, alien. Like you had this cold blue outfit with your new like bucket hat. Bucket hat. Yeah. I had my girlfriend. You had your girlfriend. Cute girlfriend. Yeah, was I was like really happy. And it was a show where I invited 30 different badass artists your to paint friends. my sculpture. Yeah. So they all got there and it was <laughs> like, whoa, like look at this. You know, and it was a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. we, uh, for me, it was community. Like, yeah. uh, I, it, it wasn't about making money. It was like, oh, let's get all these awesome artists in the mm-hmm. area and do something at Phil Lewis's gallery, which he had invited me to do. And I just had to find, look at that beautiful bird in the sky. Huh? Hawk. Oh. Good omen, huh? Good omen. Like, they're liking our vibes right now. It's like it's kind of circling warm. around us, huh? What is he outside? He's got something on his claws, huh? Amazes wow. dick. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a long day. So like, good job, Hawk. <laughs> um, cool. Uh. But yeah, like in the same way that you were telling me before that you're like, oh, this guy's got a style or a approach to art that's too similar to mine. Then I got to kind of move out, uh, away from it purposefully because I don't mm-hmm. want to look like them. That's how I felt when I found the art of Alex Gray. Oh, cool. I found Alex Gray and I was like, fuck, <laughs> this guy's doing this cool spiritual thing. But yeah. he's fucking crushing it. <laughs> so I can't go in on this direction too hard. Yeah. I got to lean more on my side of, mm. okay, I'm a street rat. Mm. I'm a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. I'm a world traveler. I'm a street artist. Like, uh, got to lean more on different aspects that perhaps Alex isn't mm. as to be unique. And yeah. that's, that's important. And you killed it with that shit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you're killing it in your own uh, you. flavor and style. You're definitely very inspiring to me. Thank but you. I, I met you that day and my family kept like, oh, go take a picture with Chris. But I like saw how busy you were and like how, I don't know, you were kind of awkward with people. Like you didn't want to, <laughs> I mean, you enjoy talking to people, obviously, yeah. but you were like, God, like, you know, like, I don't know what to say sometimes. It's and, a lot, you yeah. know, uh, especially people I don't know because like, they're like, hey, here I am. I know you. I know everything yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, 
cool. Awesome. <laughs> I know me too. Uh, tell me about you. Yeah. And then I'm having a lot of small talk with a lot of people, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's cool and beautiful because I'm trying to connect, but it's also like a lot of energy. Yeah, it's just a lot of my brain mm -hmm. on top of playing host and seeing my friends and and worrying about the business. Yeah, and, and my own uh, anxiety of being a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I, so. But I understood that, and I was like. Yeah, cool. And then finally, I found like you were alone for a moment, and then people were not approaching you for like 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, he had a break. I'm gonna go talk to him. And we talked for a little bit, and I remember you gave me a sticker like five minutes into the conversation. And I was like, okay, that was a conversation. And then you heard me and my brother talk Spanish, and mm -hmm. you approach us again, and you start talking Spanish. You're like, hey, don't this one. Uh huh. Um, I get excited when I, I meet more <laughs> Latinos, yeah. especially Latinos in the scene. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all cultures are one. It doesn't really matter. But like, I as a Latino, we I like to connect with. Uh, if there's a different vibe that you could connect mm -hmm. with fellow people from Latin America yeah. in Gringolandia. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a breath. Like, oh. Yeah, not that anyone even thinks me like Latino. that. I'm a Latino. They look mm -hmm. at me as like, oh, not a white dude. Uh, <laughs> but inside, I feel Latino. Of you know, and I you identify are. as that. <laughs> and then I mentioned to you, I was like, oh, I want to go to the jungle with you, and you were like come to the jungle and I was like I was doubting myself I spent two years without psychedelics and I was really scared of psychedelics for a while but ayahuasca had been calling me for many years and I was always interested in it and then you were like come to the jungle you're, yeah. you're gonna get something out of it and you put it in my head and I was like I'm, I'm gonna save some money and my family helped me a lot and made it over there over there that's awesome yeah I thought, you know, like there's an investment, both the flight and, and what the retreat costed, but it wasn't like this unachievable thing. Mm -hmm. Like people are just like, oh my God, going all the way to the jungle of Peru with Chris Dyer seems like this like crazy thing. Perhaps as crazy as going to a little village in Italy with Amanda Sage right. or Bali with Jay Colbrin or mm -hmm. whatever. But if you really want to as a young artist and you want to like pursue that art career that's the investment you got to throw into yourself mm -hmm. and once you're there it's like oh shit i really believe in my career because i'm like going all the way here to both learn art and improve myself yeah. uh as a person through the medicine so how do did you like or not the peruvian retreat this is two file. This is twenty. No, the end of twenty nineteen, right? Twenty nineteen, yeah, right yeah. before COVID hit. Mm -hmm. I loved it, man. I I had such a good time. I sobered myself up for a year. For oh wow! Well. No weed. I don't think I was drinking. Maybe I had like three drinks a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was right after a festival. My brother and I put in Mexico, so I was all inspired. Um, uh, I had a great time. I met so many amazing people at the retreat. It was 20 of us. It was It was so a big one. Many people. Yeah. Even my parents were there. Your parents were there yeah. and they were amazing too. Such a good vibe all around all week. And then I stayed an extra week after the retreat at uh -huh. Kakari. Right. Um, helping out and I painted uh some walls by the bathrooms. Mhm. Mm um What did you stay behind with Spiro? Yeah, she stayed like maybe like four more days yeah um, so you guys were painting the bathrooms or were you doing or some benches I did it first yeah okay and then oh no she she did paint the middle right yeah that's yeah, true yeah 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 and i painted like the doors like i made a little like women's sign and a men's sign uh-huh i remember that and with ivan ivan okay became yeah yeah a good friend he's, he's pretty cool yeah person. he's very shamanic where's where he from guy. like somewhere in eastern europe right yeah i'm really bad with Cy 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 siberia okay maybe Okay. I hope you're from Siberia, Ivan. 
If he finds looking. Something like that. He's got good rapé, that guy. Yeah, he makes. He taught me how to make rapé in the jungle. Oh, cool. We, like, grinded some rapé. Um, and the medicine was, was really, really open, eye-opening, heart-opening. Uh, it made me flow again in my body, which I was very stuck in some points. Um, and I learned so much. I mean, I cannot even tell you how many lessons I learned, but mm -hmm. it, it was... Happy it helped you, man. Yeah. 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 And it gave me a sense of community, too, you know, hanging around on the fire after ceremony. Was, right. Was it was like, you know, even though the people who go, who used to go to those retreats weren't like, say, shamanic people, they're mm -hmm. like trying this new medicine in a shamanic setting. Like you get to experience that shamanic tribal community after like a, you know, three or four hour ayahuasca ceremony <laughs> and then exchange notes on like yeah. what did you see on the other side of reality what you learn about yourself mm -hmm. and oh, I thought it's, it's always so beautiful I'm always like flowing so much after it that mm -hmm. I'm just like channeling all these messages <laughs> from God and I love it because that's what I always want to do I always want to like channel God and mm -hmm. like my higher self as to teach and share and help others mm -hmm. like i'm an art teacher there i'm not a shaman by far but after a ceremony like a lot of good stuff comes out of me so yeah we had amazing conversations yeah i i really loved it and it was such a bummer that i had to like stop doing those yeah. because uh the shaman uh from those retreats herbert misbehaved and had this like secret dark side that Addiction. i didn't know about it yeah uh but nothing bad happened at my retreats but some people might think no. uh, that something bad happened there because of the way the lady that put out her video mm -hmm. was talking about it and that was a that was a retreat where, where she was in and you were at the retreat every, where every like, ceremony was beautiful we all had a beautiful time yeah there was she okay. was really happy there. She yeah. she was making people's dreadlocks, I believe. Yeah, and, this is the the first dreadlock I got. She made it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she <laughs> got her uh, face painted by this uh, waxy, this shamanic, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brazilian, yeah, mm -hmm. Washi, who was a shaman from Brazil, from mm -hmm. the Yawanawa tribe, was first there. First medicine woman of her tribe. Yeah. Very powerful super dope to have them there i didn't even know they were going to be there oh, that was awesome. uh her and her partner <laughs> mm -hmm. and it just brought a different element that when she was like playing when they were playing their music her and her partner it was like a different super snake <laughs> it was like you're riding a dragon <laughs> it's like holy shit this is like a different code <laughs> yeah from a different tribe mm -hmm. that's activating a different thing Funny that you said dragon that last ceremony was yawanawa style uh-huh and i was the whole time i was seeing a dragon just going all around mm. the maloka Wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Different entities were invited mm -hmm. to activate the healing. Yeah. But yeah, so you were actually there. So whenever people are like, oh, <laughs> bad things happen at Chris Dyer's uh, retreat in Peru, it's like, no, just yeah. ask people like Max. Like, ask any of my students. It was always blessings. Ask my parents, you know? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, your parents were, imagine if they would see something like that happen. What would no, happen? I would never bring my parents to anything negative. No. Whatever a student and a shaman does after my retreat, months later, that yeah. I can't even see. Like, how can I help that? That, like, I, I don't know. Unless you had some kind of telepathic powers that right. can predict the future and what people are doing I do not miles from you. I do not have that power. Right. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing was a bummer. And, yeah, I, yeah. I cut ties with Katari and we with Herbert. And it was a sad episode, but there was a lot of growth yeah. for all of us out of it. Lots of lessons and... 
yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. I hope to still be able to offer a retreat in Peru or somewhere with medicine, with a practitioner I can trust more perhaps this mm -hmm. time, but really broke my, my, my trust with a, with a lot of people. Because if you can't trust the shaman that healed you for seven years in such a vulnerable place, I put myself in the most vulnerable state yeah. with him and he, he did helped me in so many ways and it was like a shocking revelation mm -hmm. when that was thrown on my plate at a time of doing medicine a very vulnerable time yeah. and then for the whole world to judge and throw their shit at me for it yeah <laughs> i said it was like a mirror for like older older bullshit <laughs> right it was a it tricky was episode sad, but, yeah. but you know what he's not the only one it's very prevalent even like in other medicines i've People get sick with power and women throw themselves at you and you got to stay integral and, you know, follow the medicine path instead of following your own power trip, you know? Right. You know? Yeah, that seems to be like a, a common thread, not only with shamans, but religious yeah. leaders and yoga teachers and whoever has like some power. spiritual power, mm -hmm. ladies like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can just go there and pluck the flowers and that incorrect, you yeah. know? And, but it's so sad that somebody who would be working with medicine so often, which really shows you all your darkness, would actually allow the darkness to take over mm -hmm. uh, in any aspect. You know, it's not like he was all bad or any no, is all he, bad. I mean, I met the guy and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's Mexican for sure. You know, yeah. so like happy and playful and yeah. stuff. We yeah. all love them so much. We became friends for that one year that before this thing happened. Mm -hmm. We used to talk a lot. Yeah, he was one of my best friends yeah. and my role model. Yeah. For and years. But the, the man I strive to be. Mm. And when that balloon was popped, mm -hmm. I was popped. Yeah. And then it was popped in front of everybody oh. and, and in shame and embarrassment. And, and it was like, the finger, yeah, as if like it was my fault. And it was like a, it was a total dissolution of everything I knew to be true. Yeah. And, Repented yourself, basically. But it was a shamanic initiation. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. all of that was planned by the medicines mm -hmm. for my you healing. You dress that year. For the week before it yeah. happened. Uh, yeah. It was for his healing, for mm -hmm. it was the healing of everybody looking at it to see where they stood in the Absolutely. reflection of it. Obviously, the healing of the, of the lady mm -hmm. that, you know, brought this to light and, you know, what were her intentions or, you know, hopefully she found healing. But I don't yeah. know. I think we all went through a lot of emotions, but... Luckily, yeah. it's been more than two years and the energies have calmed down, the dust has settled be, and yeah. uh, people know I'm a good person and yeah. I've been allowed to continue doing my service, which is, was a sad thing, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, like people don't want me to like be me anymore or do my service and all I want to do is to help people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Happy all that's done and me too, man. can be back to connecting with people and, and helping, which yeah. is all I want to do. you look so happy. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> and I'm happy to see you grow thanks. also through all of it. So let's talk about shamanism. Um, when did you decide like, okay, this is my path? <laughs> and what is the path of shamanism? <laughs> is it like a religion where there's like like there's the shaman is he like the leader is he like the priest is there like a god is there rules mm -hmm. is there different kinds of it yeah you know what's what's this path about i'll start from the beginning if you want it's a long story yeah but, how um, do you get into psychedelics in general and then how do you get mm -hmm. into that path well in college i was in art school and i tried mushrooms for the first time and it was amazing i was very depressed and 
I was laughing the whole time I tried mushrooms for the first time. And I was like, oh, I like this. And now I'm laughing all the time, I think, because I learned that vibe from that world and took it with me. But that was the first thing I tried. And I tried uh, LSD in college as well. Um, more of a crazy trip. And I think the third time I did LSD, I like was experimenting with whippets, which mm -hmm. is very popular here in America. Uh, I had what is whippets for those who don't know what it is? I'm not even sure. It's a CO2 canister that people use to... Nitrous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. that, that thing that hippies uh, sniff uh, on balloons outside of the Grateful Dead concerts. Uh-huh. But... Um, Inhale. Inhale. Yeah. I had a experience with it and LSD, and I was very high on LSD. It just blasted me off super high and I was my consciousness was not ready for that my body was not ready for that I had a shock I think it was probably a shock to my nervous system I had a hard time coming down I was in a different dimension when I came down couldn't sleep for days um it was really hard to talk to formulate words mm. uh for a couple of days really hard to retrieve memories from my childhood I had to like consciously think about them to like have them in my brain sounds like it created like a bubble in your brain or something it was bad man <laughs> you think it was like a physical thing or a spiritual thing or both i think it was a spiritual thing like I th it was a shock like my ego just dissolved and who am i like i i saw a lot of things in three seconds of a vision you know and then i was like whoa i gotta stop psychedelics that, that that's scary mm -hmm. i was smoking a bunch of weed for two years and my second year uh, after that, I was living in Maryland already. And I was just very open. And I think I was, my my brain was up, my consciousness was up there, but I was not ready. And it was scary. And after that, when I moved to Denver, I found about rapé online. I don't know why he found me. I bought some rapé online. Blow it on my nose. You started doing rapé by yourself? By myself. Okay. First time I did it, my brain quieted down. Mm. After two years of blah, 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 chatter and wow. I wouldn't say psychosis, but I think I was here my spirit guides and I was just not ready for that. I was mm -hmm. not ready to be hearing that all the time. And I don't think you should be so open all the time. And rapé just quieted my brain and grounded me. And I just remember like bawling after the rapé for the first time. I was like, whoa, like, thank you. Finally, some rest. And my brother had done Cambo a couple of times mm -hmm. with some Argentinian shaman that used to go to Mexico. And he invited me to paint a mural for one of the first festivals he was throwing out there. And the shaman was going to be there. So we did Cambo and she offered us to teach us how to self-apply. And I learned how to self-apply. And that was like the first medicine, you know, like actual medicine that I that I was trying. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, after that, I still hadn't done any psychedelics, but right before the ayahuasca retreat, I tried, I, I did mushrooms again, like after two years. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me how much I like, I like that, that spirit. And it asked me like, at one point that night, like, do you want to go there? And I was like, yes. And as soon as I said yes, it blasted me off and it was a beautiful trip and felt like I was signing a contract, like it was the beginning of a medicine path that I was like, okay, let's mm -hmm. do this. Um, shamanism for me, it's a personal thing. Um, I've learned that the word shaman means um, man of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the shaman is a spiritual leader. 
I think the shaman is inside of us and it's a consciousness and we can um, access it and, and, and live through it. It's about being of service and finding a, a purpose in life and mm. staying committed to it and cleaning up your life maybe. Yeah. Taking responsibility of your actions and and living in a responsible way. And learning about yourself and and learning about the world means learning about what's inside of you because that's that's the world you're living it's all inside of you mm-hmm. yeah totally that's so beautiful thanks so uh you got back into natural medicines through mushrooms you did your ayahuasca ceremonies at my retreat mm-hmm. and then you continued trying other natural medicines and you found the one that was for you yeah yeah right now um well i've i've grown cactus cacti some medicine cacti some normal cacti uh-huh <laughs> for like five years now uh-huh even before you were eating it yeah okay yeah because i it's part of my culture and i think they're so beautiful and you just love cactus i love yeah i love cacti why do you grow them just for the fun of growing them and passing them along well, I think through medicine, I've learned that we're here to also take care of the world, of mm-hmm. our garden. And it's a species that is uh, in danger. Okay. So I like knowing that if anything else fails, there's a bunch of us that are um, collecting them and, and growing them from seed and, and giving them a new life and, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, a hope for the future. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was growing them. And they're so pretty. And they teach you so much, even just by growing them, like the way they grow the way they gotta take breaks, you know, mm. they gotta, you can't feed them too much. You gotta feed them just enough. How hard they are, like how resistant they are to the cold, to the sun, like that teaches you, you gotta be the same way. You gotta be resistant and- Right, uh, but it also has some spikiness to it. It also has some prickles, yes. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with cactuses. <laughs> like if you give me a little bit of San Pedro, mm-hmm. also known as Huachuma, mm-hmm. I can have enough energy to like, you know, run around some ruins and feel the energy. So much energy. Right. And, and, and feel spiritually connected. I don't really like get visuals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I've had uh, San Pedro with Chuma ceremonies where I've drunk so much. It makes me very sick. Mm-hmm. And I've had to purge over and over and over again to get all my uh, negative energy that mm-hmm. accumulated in me. Uh, then recently last year i also did some uh did peyote mm-hmm. when i was here in, in colorado and once again it was like very painful struggle mm-hmm. uh i didn't get to purge but well i didn't get to purge through throwing up i purged through movement and just vibration and it did clean out all the drinking i was doing when i was living in denver here last year that's probably why it hurt so much yeah no and it really like it was a terrible experience but i see its worth mm-hmm. so you now uh, lean more in drinking uh, medicinal cactuses. Yeah. Can you tell us what's the difference between peyote and San Pedro? Yeah. Huachuma? Well, Huachuma is medicine of the south, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, Chile. Um, it's a taller cactus. It grows really tall. It grows like one feet a year. Mm-hmm. Very fast growing cactus. Um, it's prickly. Peyote doesn't have spines, what Chuma does. <clears throat> and it's a different tradition, of course. Peyote is a small little cactus that grows on the floor, very close to the ground, usually under bushes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it doesn't grow as fast as what chuma and it's uh, may, may, maybe more hardy. Like it goes through very harsh conditions in the Sonoran Desert, mm -hmm. very cold winters, very hot summers. Uh, it doesn't grow as fast probably because it doesn't get as much water. Mm -hmm. um, so they're pretty different personalities, but they both have mescaline in them. <clears throat> That's the main alkaloid. Also, Wachuma has a bunch of other alkaloids, and Peyote has hundreds of other alkaloids. So you're also communing with those spirits differently. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. What's your experience with this medicine, say, compared to Aya, for example? Mm. Um, it's a very different vibe. Like, I love to tell this to people, but if you ask Ayahuasca, like, Ayahuasca, what, what, what should I have for breakfast tomorrow? Ayahuasca is like, sends you in this giant trip and there's like a hundred visions and it's like in the beginning of time there was nothing <laughs> and god and right. the evil like i don't know the bigger picture like, of all I was creation just asking like what what should i have for breakfast <laughs> and peyote you're like peyote what should i have for breakfast and he's like cereal boom uh -huh. you know like it's, it's very direct uh-huh uh, they, so say, they say that uh, ayahuasca is the grandmother mm -hmm. and the cactuses are the grandfather. Right? Very feminine and masculine energy, you know, like, I mean, not to offend anyone, but like you ask a guy like this and it's like uh -huh. very practical, uh, dogmatic, I mean, not dogmatic, but practical to Just the point. Straight up. Straight up. And maybe the feminine energy is more like, well, like I, I care lost. about all this other stuff, you know? Right. It gets lost in, in yeah. thought. <laughs> and it's, it's, Oh, it was very playful. It paints the visions. Peyote, like mm. you don't get m many visions unless you are like eating a lot and, and you go there. Right. Yeah. Have yeah. you? I've 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 had moments of it, especially when singing. Um, I get very transported, and it's it's very hard to sing and and shake the rattle and remember the words, and then me having these visions and hold the energy for ten other people in the teepee. You know. Mm. It seems like uh, peyote ceremonies usually are very traditional mm -hmm. and the teepee around the fire mm -hmm. the elder leads it is a certain way to do it what do you like about that like why do you choose to be in a place that has so much structure <laughs> yeah well the circle i found it's it's structured but it's it's a newer newer version of it and and they practice the north american tradition Mm -hmm. uh, you know, peyote comes from Mexico. The Huicholas were the first ones to use it. The Huicharica people, um, they share the knowledge with the Aztecs back in the day. And, and then they share the knowledge with the North American people, uh, which really saved them from a cultural uh, crisis, identity crisis they were having. So they came back to, to some kind of, of spiritual connection. Um, so I follow... I don't follow. I I practice with the North North American tradition because that's what I have here in Denver and the community I've I've got, gotten to know. Um, and it's more structured probably because the natives up here were very um, mistreated by the government and you couldn't do it in public, so they go in the teepee and everything's inside and it's a very masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Down in Mexico. The Wicharica people are, you know, they're Mexicans about it. They have these, more loose. Yeah, they have these reunions. They call mitotes, and they just go to the desert, build a fire, eat peyote for five days, and play the guitar and the violin and uh -huh. dance around. And they actually fall asleep in ceremony. Right. In North America, you stay up all night, and, mm. and it's very structured. You have four doors. You have four rounds. Every round has a meaning. Mm. You do it from uh, sunset to sunrise. Mm. 
Yeah. That's very long. And, and I like it because it's such a good practice to try to do something so hard and have a responsibility and have a place in ceremony. Like it, it gives you personal power to know that you can you can be there for people at this elevated in this elevated uh, state, you know. Mm -hmm. My friend Chimu, who's also being on this show, he also follows this mm -hmm. this path. And uh, when I ask him, because he does a lot of ceremonies and teepings, like, you know, are you doing this for your own healing? And he's like, I don't do it so much for my own healing. It's more a prayer. It's a mm -hmm. very powerful prayer Everything that we do together mm -hmm. for our community, for our family, for our friends, and for the world. Mm -hmm. We Is it always the same pray. for you? Yeah, we, we pray in ceremony. and. This is my first year working with them. Okay. I started uh, last May, and a lot of my prayers have been personal for me because I've needed them. Mm -hmm. And little by little, I see I see what Shimu is saying. Like I've been praying for other people other than me, for my relatives, for my friends who are going through hardships, for uh, people who I know have moved into their realm so they move peacefully, for my circle. Um, for my friends in the circle, I know what their struggles are. So you know, every time we come back together. Uh, we pray for each other and, and we continue our and, path. And do you feel like this particular medicine is like ayahuasca, which helps you psychologically and actually also heals you vibrationally and physically, psychically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, ayahuasca was very healing for me and I am so grateful and I want to go back to her because uh, she has a lot to teach. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm on this path, but uh, ayahuasca definitely healed my body in a lot of ways and peyote has done the same. Um, and it also, like you say, it's a path. Like once, the first time I took peyote, I, I, I talked with him uh, all night. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. And he told me, I am not this plant. Right. I'm it's a spirit. That, yeah. And, 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 and I connect people through this plant, but now I'm inside of you. And right. that's what he told me. And right. it is inside of me and it's working me, man. This, yeah. this past month, especially, um, so when you're spiritual guides. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't maybe living life in the best capacity. Uh-huh. Um, not in a bad way, but I was smoking a lot of weed. I, I drink once in a while. Uh, I haven't had a steady relationship in the last year and a half, and I, I was spreading my energy with different people. And it came to me at night for like two weeks, and it will like call me out on my shit. It would be like, mm. and like the harshest words told me is like, hey man, you want to do this thing or not? Yeah. Like, you've been playing around with the medicine for five years now. Is this your path? Are you committed to it? Or you're going to keep just fucking around with it and Stop fucking, fucking around, around man. Literally. And so I was like, hurt. And I've been working this past month to like just clean my situation and mm. live in a more sincere way with myself because that's what it is like you know i get ideas from these and there i'm like oh that's how i should live and no like you know where your heart is and where your center is so mm. go with it good job yeah it's it's a very nice path like it's nice to not have to think about every decision you make you just leave it to spirit to guide you right and yeah so you're on this uh peyote path mm -hmm. and it seems like with it you're learning the songs, you're learning how to tie the water drum and perhaps other traditional practices. Yeah. My question is, what's the need for all that? Mm. Is it just about like taking the medicine and learning inside you or do you also have to take all this traditional stuff? Mm -hmm. How does that help? 
I think that's the, the, the part where you step up, where you stop doing it for yourself. When you tie the drum, you're tying it for everybody who's doing ceremony. Mm -hmm. You gotta tie it right because you're gonna be playing it the whole ceremony. You don't mm -hmm. want it to untie in the middle of ceremony. Mm -hmm. You know, you're responsible for that. So you are serving. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm starting to understand that's what we're here for, to serve. Mm -hmm. You serve people with art, I serve people with art. Right. And in ceremony setting, I like I like to serve. I don't I don't wanna do it just for myself. So You wanna give as much as you get. Yeah. And I've been learning I, I've gotten really good at time to drum now. I'm doing a pretty good job. Ooh. And I, I get to drum in the teepee when my friend Wally is not drumming because he's usually a drummer. But right now he's stepping up and he wants to do door and fire. Uh-huh. And now I probably will take the role of the drummer in our circle. So it's a big responsibility to drum all night, you know, it's tiring. Right. Peyote is like taking all these places and you're focusing on like hitting the drum in the same beat, the beat of a baby's heartbeat. I find it a very anxious beat to tell yeah. you the truth. Like <laughs> I struggled through my peyote ceremony because it's like do, 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 and just like ah, you're making me anxious and then the, the guy would sing the same song mm -hmm. over and over and mm -hmm. over again sometimes worse and worse and worse and it's like <laughs> is the medicine making him sing mm. like he's getting off the rails i'll be like ah, ah, ah. it's almost like holy shit is he doing this on purpose to like mm -hmm. put me in a position of discomfort that mm. makes me sick and thus makes me purge mm -hmm. and remove my negative I stuff. think I think he was mm. I think he was That's a lot what of people I was do feeling, that like, but I was they want to make you purge they're like oh, I'm going to make you purge yeah. uh our ceremonies like I said is like a new new phase of this uh, tradition mm -hmm. traditionally there's no road woman traditionally it's a road man which is like uh -huh. the shaman of in the peyote circle is that a sexist thing um i think it's a traditional thing uh-huh um that's how it was back in the day. And I work with a role woman, so it's a very different energy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's weird in a Peyote scenario because she's not as structured. She's a little more flowy, mm -hmm. but I like it. And our songs are not, uh, we sing songs in Spanish and English as well. Yeah. And we sing some very pretty songs sometimes. And, you uh -huh. know, it's a different vibe. I mean, it's a harsh drum still, but. Right. And you don't, you don't need to know to learn songs, but if you keep going to these circles, you eventually learn the words and you end up singing. Mm -hmm. um, I tried to sing my first Peyote ceremony, which was in a in a sweat lodge, because I've done sweat lodges before, and I was like, oh, I'll sing sweat lodges songs, and it was just not the vibe to sing a sweat lodge song. It was slow, uh -huh. and Wally hated me while he was playing the uh -huh. song. So next time I got invited, I was like, I'll have some songs ready. Right. Usually you sing four songs in a row, so okay. I prepare four songs. And it's my turn, and I start shaking the rattle, and I start singing. And as soon as the first word comes out of my mouth, I regret it. I'm like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. Like, I got to keep shaking this. And I'm yeah. singing for all these people. And I'm, I'm responsible for the vibe. But what could I do? I just had to keep singing at that point. It's a beautiful thing, though. I wish I knew how to play songs mm -hmm. for when I'm activated on ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. I can really share my vibration. When I have, I have sang in yeah. ceremony, not with an instrument, just sing a cappella, mm -hmm. one of Herbert's songs, mm -hmm. Libre. I love uh, that song. Uh, and when I when I sing it, mm -hmm. people really feel my sweet energy mm -hmm. that I'm sharing with them, and they're all bathed in my energy, and yeah. they're all like, 
it's not even about the song being that beautiful. It's just that it allows me, it creates like a, a medium for me to share my vibration and then people can be engulfed in it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's a really nice way to share. You hold space and, and you serve a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Right. So I appreciate that That's aspect. Beautiful. I love when you sing Libre. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. And I miss, you know, as much mm -hmm. as I've disassociated myself with Herbert, I miss singing with him. Like yeah. me, like singing with him was always like, I was just so happy and proud that I could mm. sing with this great musician and mm -hmm. and just, you know, background vocals or whatever. But like, I felt like I was part of part this of really it. beautiful offering. That's what I like about this community. I feel like I'm part of something. Right. Yeah. So tell me about being part of something. Mm -hmm. Me, uh, even though I'm Peruvian and I consider myself Latino, I'm mm -hmm. still in the body of a white Canadian, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Am I allowed, is it correct for me to do peyote? Because when I was doing my ceremonies last year here in, in, in Colorado and I shared pictures of like the buttons that we're about to cook and eat, some people, many Mexicans, were like, oh, you, you're not worthy. You're not supposed to do this. This is medicine's only for this race and this community and this tradition. And you're not supposed to eat it. There's not enough. There's scarcity. It is running low. You know, which I totally understand, you know, like, you know, I don't want to be like the white man that goes and takes the medicine from the tribes that have been eating it for mm -hmm. for a long time in their tradition. So what is correct? You know, uh, is there enough medicine? Am I not worthy to eat it or yeah. is all humans worthy? And what's the correct amounts or, you know, mm -hmm. wh wh what's the dues I should pay? I think the the North American tradition is maybe a little more jealous than 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 the Mexican tradition about our medicine. Uh, my circle grows a lot of it. A lot of what we eat is homegrown. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's the right approach to do. I think the medicine is for everyone, though, um, especially if they're asking for it, they probably need it and you shouldn't deny it to anyone. We're all we're all spirits. Yeah, we're not a race. And and it's helping people, and it's elevating them, and making them take care of nature and take responsibility of their lives. So if a white man comes to you and they want the medicine, give them the medicine. You know, like we mm -hmm. need to heal the people. Like right. And just do it responsibly. Like go with circles that grow their own medicine, especially if you don't want to feel like you're taking from other people. But I don't have a problem sharing. Yeah. Well, the, the shaman that shared with me, he's mm -hmm. like, me and my community grew this and I, ch I choose to share this with you mm -hmm. and, and these people here. And that's my decision. So you shouldn't feel guilt mm -hmm. about perhaps some of his elders might be like, you're not supposed to share it outside of our tribe. But I think those days are over. Like even I used to judge white shamans mm -hmm. or the gringo mm -hmm. shamans. Like, well, shaman. Yeah, because there is a lot of fools out there that think that because they've done some ceremonies, now they're ready to be a shaman and, and hold this really, you know, uh, difficult and serious responsibility of serving medicine and calling yourself something that puts you in a hierarchy is also kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but th so I used to judge that, but then I discovered that really as long as you do the work, it doesn't really matter what your vessel is, you know, if you're white or, or, or whatever other uh, race or culture, as long as you go there and you do the work and you learn and you, uh, you can be, you know, we're not this present life. Like yeah. perhaps we were shaman 10 times in past lives mm -hmm. and then you learn to activate that side of you. <laughs> that was body. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I, I feel like a lot comes from like traditionally this is passed through generations. You know, you, you teach your son and, and he's a shaman and it's a, like a dynasty at that point. Mm -hmm. But like people, younger people don't want to learn sometimes traditionally. So why not teach the, the guy who wants to learn? Like, mm -hmm. They can keep keep the, the role. Yeah, um, it's a, it should be shared more. So you described the term shaman before as a man or woman of knowledge. And I love that definition. Um, yeah. The word shaman gets thrown left and right. Actually, uh, for <laughs> South American roles, shaman is a wrong term because mm -hmm. shaman is a Siberian term, as far as I know. And I say ayahuasqueros yeah. are vegetalistas mm -hmm. and ayahuasqueros. They're, they're, yeah, they're medicine men, mm -hmm. but they're like doctors that use particular medicines and plants and even animals sometimes mm -hmm. to bring healing yeah. and not particular shaman. But we understand, we know what we mean by the word shaman, but then it's thrown left and right and all the time. There's no meaning to that Yeah, word and who graduates shaman school and who <laughs> says you are one and who says this is not. And they have shaman school now. <laughs> right. Um, to some degree, you know, the path is the school and I guess you yourself should decide but is that your ego deciding mm -hmm. is that so my question is is it your goal to be a shaman in on this path <laughs> or do you not care about titles or that title doesn't resonate with you or it is uh, your goal to become some kind of healer if that's the meaning of that word uh no I, I don't like the word i don't know i like i like the word because it has meaning and it means something i don't like how it's thrown around so much and it loses its meaning and i don't want to be called a shaman because i'm not siberian <laughs> uh, also i'm just a dude uh that is trying his best uh, to live life authentically and if i have the opportunity to serve other people i will uh with cambo i like i like serving cambo it's so healing and it's such a good medicine that i enjoy like giving it to other people but i'm not a cambocero or a shaman or a medicine man because i mm. should cambo shaman. maybe people can see me like that you know mm -hmm. and it's like it's a mirror of them but you are a healer yeah or I'm, at least that's your intention i am healing so i am yeah. a healer <laughs> uh-huh and but i don't want to teach anyone spirituality uh -huh. Spirituality is something you come to your own um, terms with, and I have such a different perspective on my spiritual life that you do. Yeah, and we can share the in between. Yeah, and that that's nice. I like that. But you might be even be teaching even just by example, like you, you live yeah. your walk your path and you tell people about it, and they be like, oh. You stop drinking, you stop smoking. Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe I, I could do that mm -hmm. too if I want to purify and activate some other aspects of myself. And That's that the best is, way of think, right. teaching, right? Totally. Yeah. Just you, by, you've taught me a lot like that. Um, I mean, just even in personality-wise or like how to do the art thing, you, I was learning from you just watching your, your videos and your posts before I met you and then meeting you. You're an example um, in, in many ways, and, and you. I, you teach a lot like that. Thanks. Know? So I, I see you as a as a shaman healer, even though I don't call you that because that's just a word that gets thrown. I out. would never use that word exactly uh, because it's a it's a tricky one. But you're a powerful man, and you and you serve in your own way. I would say I'm shamanic. Shamanic, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm I on like the shamanic word. path <laughs> as well, mm -hmm. and I'm here to serve. And I'm here to heal myself and bring healing to others. Absolutely. And I'm also here to teach. And mm -hmm. these, this podcast is a great resource mm -hmm. for anybody to learn about art, mm -hmm. life, 
in this case, shamanism, mm -hmm. to hear different conversations from people they might not have access to. I, mm -hmm. I found, find you to be a very beautiful, interesting person <laughs> <laughs> and a great friend. So, you know, I, Thanks, I wanted Chris. to share you through this, uh, you know, show. Um, and in this way, we together were teaching indirectly, you know, not being yeah. like, hey, we're your teachers right now <laughs> and learn from us because we're so great. Peyote 101. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, so tell me more about Cambo. Like Cambo, for people who don't know what Cambo is, what tell me? Um, Cambo is this little frog. No, it's not a little frog. The giant monkey tree frog from the Amazon. And there's different subspecies of it through Peru and Brazil and just the jungle in general. They have um, the story comes from a Brazilian tribe. And the, the medicine man of this tribe, Kambu was his name, um, his tribe was going through, through a very big sickness brought from Europe. I think it was tuberculosis. Mm. And they couldn't find a cure for it. And his, his whole village was dying. So he goes in a journey. He commutes with ayahuasca. He goes into the jungle. And this uh, frog spirit teaches him how to use his medicine mm. the medicine the frog comes and he's like this is how you're gonna use me which is so interesting to me because it's such a complicated process like mm. how, how do you just learn that so from? random so random you gotta drink like two liters of water burn these portals into your skin with a stick peel the upper layer of your skin place the venom there let it act and then you purge all this stuff out mentally spiritually and physically so that's the that's the, the gist, the gist of, it. of it. Yeah, um, that's the that's the origin story behind it. But scientifically, it's been studied in Europe for the last twenty years, which people don't know this. Like people have been trying to replicate the the formula in laboratories. They've been trying to take the frogs from the Amazon into laboratories in Europe, but they don't have the same diet, so they don't produce the same venom. Uh. Um, so it's a very magical uh, alchemy. Yeah, like a bunch of chemicals put together. It's full of peptides, which like adhere to different uh, systems in your body and replace proteins that you're missing. So when you do Cambo, you feel like shit for an hour and it cleanses you out. So where, where do you get the Cambo specifically from the frog? Oh, right, right. Um, so the indigenous people in the Amazon, they go out at night and they, they call the frog doing this like, like mating sounds. So the frogs come down from the tree. Um, and they live so close with these frogs. These frogs like hang around during the day with the kids and you know, like stand on their shoulders. So they have a lot of respect for it. And respectfully they take it and they um, take a little bit of their venom from their legs. their glands. Yeah. Oh yeah. The legs. From the thighs. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. The thighs. And they place it in these wood tablets. And they let it dry so they can use it for later use. Mm -hmm. They mark the frog with a little tie so they know not to take more venom for that frog. So that frog can also survive predators mm -hmm. and it's not just defenseless. Right. And they release it back. So they're not being hurt. They're not being hurt and they have a very strong communion with them. Uh -huh. It's important for the lifestyle. Because once again, people on the internet are like, you motherfuckers <laughs> doing Cambo killing these frogs, mm -hmm. you assholes. And they're not in any way like in danger of being extinct. They have no natural predators. These frogs can, can go for a long time. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm happy to hear that the frogs are not being hurt mm -hmm. and that the, the medicine is being collected with respect and no yeah. pain. So you put this frog venom from their thighs on these burnt holes on the skin. Yeah. And on portals. Portals. Yeah. And that makes you violently sick for yeah. at least 20 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me more about that. And then it makes you purge. Some people's hands get all like fucked up and crunched up. Like, tell <laughs> me about this process. What's happening there? It looks ugly from the outside, but... Oh, it feels terrible from the inside too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate doing combo as much as like, I like to do but it as once a as year. As much as you like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've served me last time I was here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fucked you up. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you get feverish, you're blood pressure raises tremendously. You feel this buzzing in your ears because you have so much blood in your brain all of a sudden. Some people's faces swell and they get <laughs> yeah. the big lips. Yeah, yeah, you get like the frog face, they call it. Um, but it also is scanning your body while all this happening. And that's why you're swelling up because it's going through every little vein in your body and it's scanning it and it's seeing why you are sick or what all these heavy metals that you have. And then it pulls it back and you throw it out, you sweat it out. Sometimes people crap it out. Yeah. Um, but it makes you feel, once that wears off, once that fever wears off, a lot of people think, oh, I feel so good because I just went through such a shitty time. But honestly, what's happening is you're feeling the way you should be feeling all the time. Uh -huh. That's your natural state. Your the natural day state. after a combo ceremony mm. is like the best day ever. I got chills. Yeah, you get like energy and yeah. you, you are, it empties your vessel so you can, fill it up with new things, you know, uh -huh. good things. And yeah. and that's how people should feel all the time. Like it it repairs a lot of the damage you've done to your to yourself. Keeps you young. Yeah. So that's why that's why I try to do it once a year because I'm a superficial bitch. <laughs> I want to stay young forever. Fuck yeah. the healing and yeah. the shamanic part. I'm just joking. <laughs> I also want the healing and the shamanic process. Like once I did, I've done combo many times over the years. Actually, mm -hmm. the first time I did it, I did it in Russia. Oh, yeah? And, uh, <laughs> wow. and it was very interesting right after like all night ayahuasca situation. Mm. And, and I just needed to cleanse. But the strongest combo I've ever done was in Thailand. Mm -hmm. So I did my, I had a retreat there with Aya. And I was healing through a, heartbreak uh and uh there was this german practitioner who was really on point on it and he gave me 12 points <laughs> which is a lot like usually That's double the normal amount you usually do like three, three or four <laughs> he went to town on me and it was in a little waterfall it was very lovely i was sitting in water and he was like moving shit in my belly and i just almost like lost all senses like I, I went deaf at one point oh, man, and i was yeah. just like oh my god so it's loud. too much it's just I, I it was a lot of pressure and i threw up a little bit <laughs> but then he was like we didn't get it out because he was looking at the energetics and he's like oh shit like there's something dark living in you and and it, we couldn't get it out so mm -hmm. you got to come back here in a couple of days and do that again and i was like what <laughs> i gotta go through that again 12 dots again 12 dots again and he got it out nice and then uh later that night i think he went to some shamanic ceremony and he 
the day after he told me like, oh, whatever I got out of you jumped into me. <laughs> and I had to clean it out that night in ceremony. It's like, holy shit, sorry, dude. Yeah, this, um, this entities are tricky. Yeah, so it, it did make me puke. It strengthened my body, but also I got some uh, mm -hmm. negative, dark energy out of me that was not supposed to be living in me anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's particular case case by case, you know, not everybody's right. going to get a dark entity out of them. Right. So you are in training right now. Yeah, I would actually like to to do an, an official training before I put it out there. That I'm, I, I've done, uh, I've served people, but I don't want to be making money out of it lucratively. Okay, you do I, not want to make money out of that service? Once I get trained and I get a certificate that says this guy is being safe, mm -hmm. I'm down to make money because it's it costs, the medicine is, is expensive. And it's a lot of energy to like take care of someone. Yeah. Also, I'm getting trained, and that's gonna cost money. <laughs> so right, there's investment that goes into it, and it's a healing service as any others. And yeah, the most pure offering is simply offering mm -hmm. because we wanna help our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. heal. And I offer back. all the time to people. Right, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll serve you. Like I can see you could use some combo. Right, you will give, but also. Um, mm -hmm. At one point, I would like to. You want to live off yeah. these things. You got you got bills to pay, mm -hmm. and if you're giving your time to it, you know it'd be good if you you know that can help Get out something back. getting you out of the Chiba hut. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out of making sandwiches. Yeah. How's the art career doing? Is that something that brings also some income into your life? It's getting better. Um, and it was it was my fault that it was not as good all this time. Why? Because I wasn't committed to it, like I was saying, like I was, I was fucking around with it. Okay, with the art career. With the art, with the medicine. Yeah. It's all one. So, that's my path, and I was fucking around with other things. Uh, spending my time on wise ways, and when you start spending your time wisely, you start. I like making money now. Like, I, it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun game. Like, I, yeah. I've never actually played it, and I'm enjoying it. And I want to be independent from the system. And to be independent from the system, I gotta get away from nine to fives and have my own, uh, uh, I gotta make my profits without depending on these big companies or big bosses. I right. wanna have my own my own thing. Do yeah. you wanna sell your original paintings or would you like to make more money from licensing and uh, performances? Mm. I, I, like, I like that. Uh, I would like to sell my original paintings, but I'm so attached to them right. that I want to sell them for a good price. I think it takes you wanna... so long, too. It takes me so fucking long. The painting that's behind you, how long did that take you to complete? I worked on it for like three years, but but I didn't work on it for three years. It was right. sitting there for a while. It was COVID times, and I was depressed, and I had a breakup, and it really brought me out of a lot of dark times. Mm -hmm. What is the meaning of this particular painting? Oh, man. <laughs> um, the name I chose for it is Spirited Revolution, which spirited means happy and joyful and full of spirit. Uh -huh. um, so this painting was for me uh, like a representation of the Mexican revolutionary soldiers, you know, big hats, big mustaches, uh -huh. their <laughs> bullet belt. Right. And I was looking at a picture of a bunch of them one day and they look like mushrooms with the hats. And uh -huh. I was like, oh, I need to paint that. And little by little, you know, you start painting it and it starts teaching you things and you start like creating this mirror with the painting and more and more st stuff started coming out. So like it became this whole thing. And my first name for it was Spirit of Revolution. But I don't feel like it's a, there's a specific spirit in it. I feel like it's a spirited revolution. So uh -huh. it's just like this revolutionary warrior that is very happy to be rebelling against 
the normal and um, it has a lot of little hidden meanings like I got the condor and the eagles because that's part of the revolution that's happening the uh -huh. prophecy of the eagle and the condor and uh, it has a little peyote button in there it has a big card um, it has a little like word messages uh, it has his medicine allies you know I love ganja, and even though I'm not smoking right now, it's such a good teacher. Uh -huh. And same with the, with the mushroom. Um, yeah, it's just it's just about revolution. And actually, the first two years I was painting on it, I used to only play like revolutionary vibes, like music, while I was painting it. Mm -hmm. I would put like Rage Against the Machine or Bob Marley or Peter Tosh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I very can, charged. I, I can relate to that. So, what would you say your art's about in general? Would you say your art's shamanic art or visionary art or is that the same in the end because it's spirit uh, art from the spirit realms yeah i think it's a little bit of the same right like it's like medicine art maybe uh -huh. you know like uh, i like to all these names and categories <laughs> but like I, I guess in the end it's about the intention you're bringing to it because yeah. there's visionary art that has no intention uh -huh. it's like Trippy. You know, yeah, there's some things like oh i do k and look at this like explosion <laughs> of weirdness and that could be visionary art because it's a wor uh, art of past Visions. the physical plane. But, mm -hmm. you know, you're just trying to connect to a different dimension and realm, right? Yeah. I, I like when people can can feel something with my art. And I also like my art to be pretty. So that's the main things about, about me. Like, I want to tell something that is inside me, which is why I started doing art. Like, I had so much going inside of me that I had to put it out there. So that that's... That's what I'm trying to do, and I'm trying to get faster painting so I can express more of my, of my uh, path. You know, like oh, different I'm, aspects. Yeah, of you. I'm going through this right now. I'm going through this right now. Uh huh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, other than uh, acrylic paintings, mm -hmm. uh, you do sculptures. Tell me about this. They're I'll, so beautiful. <laughs> thanks. I've always liked doing little creatures from like uh, Play-Doh and stuff when I was a kid. It's just so satisfying. I love feeling it and just i like making trippy little creatures um i started making these pots like maybe three years ago and it was just because i wanted my plants to have a cool vessel <laughs> to live in and i like to make stories about my art so i call them like they're like little guardians you know they take care of your plants uh-huh and, uh -huh. and so uh, this is ceramic or uh it's clay 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 yeah yeah and then you paint them sometimes and then i paint them sometimes and then you yeah. sell them or just keep them for your uh, peyote stuff or you sell them with the peyote i've sold them with uh cacti before now with peyote but mm -hmm. um i i gifted this one to my bestie wally um mm -hmm. for his birthday so i give like that is for my friend still being painted and i like to give them and i i've sold some i i, I like i like mm -hmm. doing that for yeah, it's good money. to have different uh, uh, ways of expressing yourself. Yeah. I think they're very unique. I, I don't know any other uh, visionary artist that <laughs> does stuff like this. Thanks, man. Yeah, so it's very unique to yourself. And then you mm. also do graphics, right? Yeah, I do some uh, logo design and, like, uh, branding. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to work with people who are in, in the same vibe, you know? Like, they have good intentions and they're, I like... I work with some uh, people that sell fruits, some people that have food trucks, but it's all about very like healing intentions be behind their businesses and they're great people and i've come across some people that have a different vibe and i actually just turned jobs down because i don't want to stress myself about 
serving in a way that is not uh, honest and authentic. You don't want to do clients that don't resonate with you. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. exactly. You use Procreate as your tool of uh, graphic creation? No, I use Photoshop. I do everything on Photoshop. Really? Which is if I really... see you working on the tablet? Yeah, that's uh, it's Photoshop. Really? Because I don't have an iPad. I have a, this like tablet that connects to my computer. Oh. I, I do. I, I, I you had a pad. No, I need one, but are expensive. Uh, I'm trying to get one this year because Procreate is so easy to use, and you can take it everywhere. And right. I'm in my computer, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to get there. Mm, um, great. Well, let, let's manifest that. Yeah, man. it's. I'm gonna get there. I'm not trying. Sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you are part of the Galactic Gang. You are one of the people who originally minted one of these this collection. That's my NFT collection. If anybody doesn't know, Galactic <laughs> Gang with the Galactic Central Sun. Um, do you own a lot of NFTs other than the Galactic Gang? Why did you mint? What's been the experience? Is there any yeah. benefits to it? Well, when you released the Galactic Gang, everybody was going crazy about crypto. And I heard about it and heard about it, and it was such a good opportunity. I, like I said, I am new to playing the money game. It's not, it's not my forte, maybe. I don't think that much in that way, but I'm, I'm enjoying it now. So that was like one of the first steps. I was like, maybe I should invest in something. And I'm not going to invest in a random NFT. I'm going to invest in my friend's NFT that has a spiritual medicine vibe. And also, I thought it was so cool how you were like mixing like different parts of the face randomly to generate creatures. Uh -huh. So I was like, okay, I'm going to invest in this project. And I don't own a lot of NFTs. Every NFT that I own has been like a gift from the Galactic Gang. Oh, cool. So have you had Galactic Gang members gift you stuff? No, like uh, the stuff you release. Oh, okay, sure. You know, like the you, free you airdrops. Like, free, yeah, the airdrops. So which ones do you have? I have, um, I think I missed the, the Florida one because I, I was so busy that day that I never Oh, right, them. right. But I have all the other ones. I have the... That was more of a pop. Okay. Which I'm not sure if it's even an NFT or a badge of honor. But oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Maybe yeah. I didn't miss that much. I didn't get it neither. Like, oh, come sure. on, Kyle. <laughs> Tell us how to do this. <laughs> we're, we're too dumb. <laughs> um, I got a spray can. Okay. Because you bought one, right? I bought one only. Okay, you cool. Know, I'm not, I work at Chiba Hut. <laughs> but um, uh, I didn't have that much They're kind of cheaper these days because yeah. crypto's low and it was like 300 bucks, I think. It was 300 bucks at yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, by I had now. to save for that. Right. Back well, then. Now thank I'm doing you. I so appreciate it. And yeah. then you have a free, the, you got the 3D spray can the that was can. gifted. I got the, the like the Shroomsy cover one. Okay. Has the, uh, the bullish. Game yeah, Kongo with song. the Illuminati Congo song. Did you get the one year anniversary one? I don't think I'm into that either. Maybe yeah. I haven't checked my my open scene in a while. Okay, well you you had to go and like you know uh, mint it. How did it look? Do you remember? It would say Galactic Gang in the middle and it had a lot of guys on the route. Oh Ooh, yeah, and yeah. I had music too. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So you're <laughs> building a little collection of NFTs. Yeah. So hopefully that one <laughs> NFT you bought now has you like a little collection yeah. that then you could sell those if you wanted to. It's awesome. And when the Galactic and crypto was up, you could have sold your Galactic Gang yeah. and made a profit. Mm -hmm. But then you're not part of the Galactic Gang exactly. anymore. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's that's the tricky part. Mm -hmm. I always say like buy two. Buy one to keep so you stay in the Galactic Gang and buy a second one to Absolutely. gamble so if it goes up, then you can make some profit. Yeah. If that's your intention, anyways. Yeah. I, I do want to buy more when when it's right for me. Right. Yeah. And they're so cool. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, have you found any advantages from buying that NFT? Yeah, man, I met so many cool people. I mean, Congo is one of the people I met through it, it's, which is fucking crazy that I met him because I love his music and I was vibing with it before you brought him to the opening. To the one-year anniversary party in Miami. Oh, to the to the first. Oh opening. yeah, to the first yeah, party. Yeah, he was there. And... Right to the uh, to the original launch before we even finished minting. Yeah. We had a party in Denver, and Max was live painting. Yeah, yeah. You've actually live painted at every event of the at every yeah. event, pretty much. Because yeah. we have the opening party, the two barbecues mm -hmm. or house parties we had, yeah. the one at Miami Art Basel. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, you're you're helping my community be cooler mm -hmm. by being part of it and coming to life paint and people feel special that it's not just like chris dyer's cool but he's got a whole array of cool artists yeah. that are part of it mm -hmm. and you exhibit at miami art basel yeah, that was awesome that was my first basel first time in miami first time exhibiting in a gallery yeah so many first timers do you like the Galactic Gang community? Is it a yeah. community or is it just oh, yeah. like some NFT bullshit, money grab, rug pull, as some people accuse? It is NFT. a community, man. I, People who are in it, I think they know. I mean, we were just at the Shumsky event and some guy showed up and he was gifted an NFT because it was his birthday and everybody kept telling him, like, hey, dude, welcome to the gang. And right. you, know, you made a post about him and he's grateful and he's having his birthday around Portugal and he feels part of something. Right. So let, 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 I'll tell you the story again. <laughs> so basically, we, did, we were live painting a Shroomski last week and uh, I had my booth. We're both for Galactic Gang members. Max was also like live painting for that event. He's a Galactic Gang member. And this dude who had stopped by at the Headspace found this Galactic Gang t-shirt that was just a sample. There was only one of it in his size <laughs> and he bought it and he shows up to the party with it. So all the, uh, there was also this other dude who had flown from Georgia mm -hmm. who I've done a logo for his uh, chocolate, mushroom chocolates, who's also part of the Galactic Gang. And he's like, whoa, cool Galactic Gang t-shirt. Are you part of the gang? And he's like, oh no, I don't even know what it is. What is it? And then he explained and he's like, you know what, man? I'm going to gift you one of mine because he had six and now he has five. I'm like, wow, that's so <laughs> nice. And this is not the first time I heard mm -hmm. a Galactic Gang member gifting one of their, their, their NFTs to yeah. somebody else just to get them in the gang and uh -huh. fortify our community and bringing all these resonant, beautiful people. Yeah, Adam Freebird, right? he, he got his NFTs stolen, I know. hacked, uh -huh. and someone in the Galactic Gang got him back into it. Like, right. like I have extra ones. There you totally. Go. Yeah, it's a very nice community. We're supportive and... Like I met some people now in Florida, in, in the Florida trip that I would have never met in my life if it wasn't for the gang. And they're friends now. Like I, I vibe with Brian, mm -hmm. with Ryan, sorry. Oh yeah, Ryan yeah. Robbie Ware. Yeah, Shout he's out. a yoga teacher and he's such a wholesome person and his girlfriend is amazing too. Yeah, Amanda, shout. Cornman. Cornman's Corn Man great. Yeah, we had good times in Miami together. We all stay in a house with Congo. Yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, we, we smoke from the chalice. I know. Inside moksha. Like. Yeah, so you get these really, like, past the whole making money and crypto and shit. It's like you're <laughs> part of a, a Chris Dyer community uh -huh. or community with Chris Dyer art, or it's not It's not about me. I'm just the, the, the channel well, that brings the, the art together um, or the spirit of the art, and the art's kind of like the attractive. And then all these resonant people come, and then you guys vibe. And you get to meet great people like like Congo's a great person. Uh, check out his uh, interview so with me at uh, <laughs> Illuminati Congo. Uh, super shamanic, super smart, 
a hip hop artist from Chicago and he's part of the gang and he made us a song and you can just hang out with him at, at one of my parties and, and reason because he's not like ooh I'm this great, <laughs> great guy well he is a great guy but he's not got no ego about it no so humble yeah. yeah so we bring these great people together and we all fucking vibe and uh -huh. learn and grow and yeah. I love that shit yeah me it's too it's amazing so thank you for being part of the gang yeah thanks and for building a community man yeah no problem and thank you for reinforcing it and uh, we're having a Galactic Gang lunch downtown Denver this coming Sunday we're gonna go out for some burritos and margaritas <laughs> and we're hopefully we'll catch some bowling yeah. and uh, video games at an arcade and you know Just mm -hmm. vibe with other people who are resonant. It's gonna yeah, be fun. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah. I'm excited to see familiar faces. Totally. Yeah. So Max, yeah. we live in a time in humanity where uh, gender has been uh, uh, an important topic. There seems to be more fluidity between you know how we express our sexuality, and you know I think it's a great thing. Mm -hmm. You know I think like you know you feel who and how you are, what sex you are, regardless of your body, you know, as long as you're not forcing it onto others. I don't really like the forcefulness of like, now you gotta call me this, and yeah. now you gotta act yeah. like that. It's like, okay, I respect what you wanna do, but can you respect me too? Mm -hmm. But anyway, so it's nice that now people are expressing the sexes that vibe with them the most. Mm -hmm. um, And you went through an interesting episode uh, where you were going out with a partner that started out as a lady and then throughout your, your relationship, she ended up being a man or masculine. Mm -hmm. Can you please share this very interesting yeah. experience? Yeah, I mean, I am very grateful for this relationship. He, he's one of my best friends. I think he knows me probably mo a little more than a lot of people in this world. He's seen me go through some dark shit. And that's any relationship. Like mm -hmm. Any relationship is going to serve you like that. How long did you guys go out together? Six years. Uh -huh. Six years. And uh, around uh, maybe a year into a relationship, they started talking about um, not feeling okay with their body. Uh, maybe two years around the relationship, they made the decision to change their name. Um, I'm not going to say the old name because it's apparently not, not a good vibe. Um, But yeah, I mean, I started dating a guy all of a sudden, which was never my intention. Mm -hmm. I was very fluid in college too. I wore skirts, wore makeup, I wore booty shorts. I was in art school. Uh -huh. I was exploring myself. Yeah, you can lean on the feminine side mm -hmm. without necessarily being gay. Changing your whole, yeah, sure. and, and not being gay. Um, I went to therapy in college and my therapist told me, for other reasons, I didn't have an ego. Uh, which is not always a good thing because you need an ego, you need a personality. So I think through those six years, I was finding myself as well. And I didn't know where I stood with all of this uh, gender situation. I am very supportive of it. I had uh, trans friends that was in high school. Mm -hmm. I think there is an agenda right now, a political agenda, a money-grabbing agenda behind it because it's being pushed on people and pushed on kids, and I don't vibe with it. I know my ex also don't vibe with pushing things on children, but he has a perspective completely different from me where he has felt this since he was a kid, so he's grateful that kids have this opportunity. I think people maybe shouldn't be as exposed to it from a young age, 
Um, but my relationship was great. We had great times. But at one point, I was not being authentic with myself. I was pretending to be something. I was being called uh, labels that I don't, didn't fit me. Like what? Like gay, like, uh, yeah. like a gay man. You know, you walk into a room holding a guy's hand and people assume all this stuff about you. Right. I don't have a problem with, with anyone in the community, in the, in the LGBTQ plus community. I don't. I have so many friends and I've been part of the community for such a long time. But as I come into my power, I realize well, who I'm just I not gay. Be. Yeah. You want to express yourself of who you are. Yeah. And maybe it's not the social pressure. Uh, people say it's like, oh, so you gave into the social pressure. No, it's like I want to live my life like I want to live in. So very painfully, I had we had to split so he could serve a life that is authentic for him and I could serve a life that is authentic for me. And it's so crazy how when you let go, the universe aligns you to where you fit. Mm -hmm. And the universe started me teaching me more about my masculinity. And I think that's the reason why he was not the first trans person I dated. Most people I dated have been gay girls, which means they like girls, but they dated me. Mm -hmm. Or it's been people that in the, you know, after we date and we break off, they come out as trans and they start taking hormones and going through this process of changing your name. So I think there was an unbalance on myself. Uh-huh. I was not... Did you blame yourself for that as if it was something bad or it brought no. some insecurity? No, I think I think it's just like a mirror. Like a relationship is a mirror. So it was showing me that I was not balancing my masculine side. You had too much feminine mm -hmm. energy perhaps. So I learned all of that. You know, I, I worked in that world and now I'm coming into my masculinity and it's it's kind of fun. I have more guy friends than I ever had in my life, which mm -hmm. is fun. I, I've I always been like, oh, I don't want to be a guy. Oh, I don't want to vibe with guys. I always had like girlfriends, you know, all around me. Because you're a sensitive man. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm seeing the value in the masculine. I, I like I like having guy friends. Like it's, it's pretty fun, and I feel more related to them. I'm also more more secure of myself, and I know what I want out of life. And a lot of that uh, entails being being a man. Um. So yeah, I, I feel better about myself and and my ex getting married next year uh-huh so he's pretty happy he's really Luke's getting married yeah wow he's living the lifestyle he wants and he found a partner wow uh that that gives him uh, the love and respect that i couldn't at one point because mm. he felt unauthentic and i don't want to give anyone an unauthentic yeah. uh energy yeah? well i think it's admirable what you went through when you told me i was like wow <laughs> That's so open-minded. I don't know if that I could do it. Mm -hmm. But he's like, yeah, but I love her, him, mm -hmm. and I'm loving the soul, not the body or the sexual preference. Mm -hmm. And you rolled with it for a while because you want to stay in love with the, with the spirit. But at one point, it was just was not, as you say, authentic to who you wanted to be. And perhaps even... Uh, gave you a little push to find more your balance. You, mm -hmm. It's not like you turn into a macho man all of a sudden. You're like headbutting people as you walk down the street, um, <laughs> drenching and fucking, you know, testosterone. Mm -hmm. But perhaps you, you leaned more into that middle point. Uh, I myself feel like I'm the kind of sensitive man mm -hmm. that likes to hang out with women who are sensitive and understand I love me. It. And, I love their vibe. You know, and I like sensitive men like you mm -hmm. who can have like deep spiritual conversations yeah. 
and and I don't have to hide anything or, we or can feel hug like each a, other and tell right. each other I love you. Like right. that's so healing for a guy. Totally. Through ayahuasca ceremonies, I've allowed myself to be feminine and yeah. woman. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean you all saying I'm gay and I want to like in, in have sexual intercourse in that in that <laughs> way, but feel the energy of being a woman. And be like, oh, this is so beautiful yeah. and nice, and I feel like a beautiful flower, mm -hmm. and that is a great thing to experience you know mm -hmm. and, and i hope that women can also have the experience Structure. of feeling that the strength that comes of being with a man mm -hmm. uh, being a man and and that way we learn from all of the spectrum of sexuality yeah without fighting or saying that one is dominating over the other and that there has to be this men versus women Power fight dynamic, it's like yeah. you oppressed us for so long so now we're gonna press you and the um gay no. community is being so pressed down so now we're gonna press you back on and we're on top and seas, it's like all know. this politics and division and fight that comes through sexuality it's a it's a pendulum that's swinging yeah. and perhaps it's it's what's needed because there has been unfair mm -hmm. oppression but let's learn from how it felt to be oppressed, to not oppress the other side. Exactly. Let's find a balance and let's just let everybody be, you know, like, it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be a woman. And it's okay to express yourself in different ways. Just respect each other and don't force anything on anyone. You right. Know? Respect the person who wants to express themselves in, in gay ways. Mm -hmm. Express, uh, respect the ones who are just kind of like just straight. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not lame neither. No. Uh, and I do agree with like, let's kind of be chill with this whole uh, agenda for the kids. Like, hey, the kid expresses, say it's like a, a male kid that expresses more feminine. Certainly don't judge it. Uh, let it be. But also don't be all like, oh, you're a girl now. Let's yeah. go and chop off your penis. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Because that's dude. a permanent change. You know? Right. Even like, I mean, I'm not going to get too into it because let's not. But uh, even hormones, like. It's so important in your developing years, like. Perhaps the hormones only kick in at, at, at 12, 13, 14, 15, and all of a sudden that gets rebalanced. I don't even want to say corrected because corrected indicates uh, some kind of thing, something's bad yeah. to correct. But maybe they come into themselves just like yeah. I did, you know? Right. Even in college, I, I had like some moments where I was like, am I, am I a trans girl? Because I'm dating all these, these gay women and mm -hmm. it would be so much easier for my life to just call myself something else. But uh, there was a doubt in me and I'm glad I didn't make any permanent changes on myself because right now I'll be regretting it. Right. Um, and there's a lot of people that go through that. Yeah. Well, but now I, I found myself and I'm so comfortable in my man body and I want to serve it. Right, totally. So like I'm saying, you know, like when it comes to laws, I think laws i'm a libertarian so i'm all like everybody just do whatever the fuck you want mm -hmm. but you know let's go easy on making huge permanent physical changes on kids that are too young if you cannot uh, drink and smoke you shouldn't be able to have that much control over your body right or go to army to kill other people that's a huge thing also yeah <laughs> you know yeah, man. um i'm happy like there's some tattoos that i had ideas for when i was 18 that I'm happy I don't have a big ass fucking Spider-Man tattoo like covering my arm like oh, I love Spider-Man but perhaps I'm going to leave that for my leg or yeah. not my, not the main thing on my forearms. Yeah. You know, I'm happy that I waited more into my 20s and 30s to get my main tattoos yeah. and stuff. And that's just a tattoo. That's just a decoration it, that I can 
cover very or take easily. Off with laser, you know. Right. So yeah. Anyways, these are just opinions. No way has to agree yep. with us. These we're just, just two people exchanging, and I think it's important that we're allowed to exchange these conversations openly yeah. without being like judged. Like, oh, that's the wrong opinion. Fuck you. It's yeah. like, whoa. And I have so many friends in the community that I can have these conversations with. Mm -hmm. and they don't get offended and i'm so grateful for that right there's there are people in that community that are way more open-minded and then there's people who just want to force their way and the forcefulness is the problem it's the same as the forcing forcing the other way the you know? both sides that mm -hmm. is the problem mm -hmm. uh and it goes for everything politics it's yeah. the judgment mm -hmm. that i'm right and you're wrong mm -hmm. like uh and the other who's wrong should be like you mm -hmm. that's the main problem in the world i think right now yeah it's like oh this, separation this culture this race this uh uh, sexuality has to be like this and yeah. if they're not like this they're like wrong and incorrect and even evil yeah and we have to like oppress him in some way and if you look deep into it it's all being fed to us like this right. is something that the powers that be want us to not be okay with loving right. each other it's manipulation and, and that's it's just what words us. all these bubble bland terms is just words right. like words are invented they're made up uh -huh. in an english language which was invented like don't believe the words like mm -hmm. don't like respect the spirit you know totally what how do you see the state of the world right now and <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future we're stepping into i want to stay optimistic i i believe that we can raise the vibration and move on to the best version of this planet i don't want to stay pessimistic because i don't want to get pulled toward the negative version of this planet right we attract what we put attention towards yeah and i think every time you wake up you you're either leveling up or leveling down in the which version of earth you're living in you know mm -hmm. so i want to stay optimistic uh things don't look too great a lot of shit is happening but i think maybe this negative shit is happening so we can raise the vibration and go through this uh purge and night night uh dark, dark night, night of the, of the soul, soul you know mm -hmm. um but but it's all good like we need to go through shit. Like I know through ceremonies that, that we need to go through shit to get better on the other side. Part of the process. Mm -hmm. And you know, nothing can stop the great spirit from going back home. No, no, yeah. we're all going back home. Yeah, no matter what, <laughs> it will go back to the source mm -hmm. one step at a time, one human at a time. Like it might take lifetimes, through generations yeah. and a long time. And it might take an end of the world. Yeah, <laughs> and we will all die eventually. It's just part of it. It's yeah. part of the creation destruction of Shiva. The only thing we got assured in this life. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we are here right now. We give thanks. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our show and conversations coming to an end. Max Paula Arena, do you have some final words of wisdom to share with the millions and millions of people watching this, oh. this right now? Yeah, um, be authentic and and live your truth. Heal yourself so you can be the best version of yourself, which is the authentic version of yourself. And clean up your life so you don't hurt others. And think about your relationships when you're acting and how you're affecting others, how you're affecting your relationship with the world, with your spirit, with your spirit guides, with your soul. Take care of your soul. Take care of your psyche. Put good shit in your body. Put good shit in your mind. Put good shit in your spirit. And yeah, keep it real, man. Hell yeah! <laughs> Yo! Thank you so much, Maxito! Thanks, Chris. Yeah. I love you, man. I love you too. <laughs> and thank you guys for tuning in another week of Chris Tires Creative Friends. 
Um, <laughs> be sure to smash that like button right now. Do it. Come on. We need this energy from you. <laughs> uh, if you want to comment on top of it, awesome. That helps the algorithm. If you want to go as Facebook and share it or pass it on to your mom or to anybody who think would relate to this conversation. And subscribe, of course, so you can get more of these. Um, I worked really hard on this show. Uh, it cost me a lot of investment. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I don't make a cent from it. I do it as a gift to you. And all I want is for this to be seen by more people so this medicine and the beautiful souls can keep on being spread. So. I appreciate these little tokens of energy you can do for it. Until then, I'll see you next time. Blessings. Woo. <laughs> Hell yeah. You did it. That was beautiful, man. That was nice, huh? Yeah. That was flowy. Next episode, Elisa Rose Mountain. One of the, the, the last retreat I did with... Um, Yahe, um, I did have like a download like message about like the intention that I'm doing with the tattoo and like I was like wow I I would like to create more like ceremony with it yeah mm -hmm. more ritual more intention so please make sure to subscribe like comment and share big thanks and see you next episode peace